Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, June 2nd. This is episode 89. I am Tony. And I am Dennis. We're back, Tony. We're back. It feels like it's only been... Back in black! Sorry. Uh, so, you almost sounded just like Angus. Except not. Not. Except not. <laughs> but, but, it's the thought I'm that counts. I'm Well, yes. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes. So... Okay. Well, it has been two weeks. It's not just a feeling. It's more than a feeling. What? You're not chiming in? Okay. Well, No. Um, that's okay. We'll maybe let, you would like to chime in we'll with, one, uh, with your we'll introduction. We'll let that one float. I... You've been so busy. I've been so you busy. You missed the 403 Club Tournament again. I did again, miss the 403 Club again. Tournament again. I felt kind of bad about that one, but with the art house as a complete and utter disaster, and with the uh, game night coming up next week... I concentrated on getting it cleaned up. So. You had to ready for bottle, right? I have I, I I have my nice little reading note finally put together because of the with the uh, lazy boy I got from you, and I bought a end table at a garage sale a month ago that is an almost identical match to the my big my nice big table that folds out. That's got the leather top and oh okay yeah it's a, it's almost identical match to it so I picked up an end table to match it so I've got that set over there by my by the chair now and I'm figuring out where I'm going to put my pinball wizard thing up we're in debate oh tell about that up. tell about tell that. about tell that. because it's not we had a Pinapalooza yes we uh, did last weekend we had Pinapalooza last weekend. Uh, which we attended, and they had a raffle. They were raffling off a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. An EM, I don't remember. An EM Superstar. Superstar, thank Superstar. you. I didn't remember. Um, and I bought raffle tickets for it because the money that was going past the uh, cost of the machine and stuff was going to be donated to like animal shelter type stuff. But yeah, I wasn't aware at the time what they had chosen as a charity. Right. So Otherwise, I would have probably been more generous than zero. Yeah. But maybe not. Oh, I don't know. I do. Where I, would I where would I fit another pinball machine? We'll get to that later. Yeah. Continue though. So I didn't win the pinball machine, uh, but I got I, I, I did win a giant pinball wizard sign thing. So I've been trying to figure out where to put it in the house. I've got three options right now and I think I'm gonna I think I've decided which one I'm gonna go with. Mm. But it's heavy enough that I'm gonna have to go get uh, better mounting brackets than command hooks. Oh, really? I think oh, so. Yeah. Actually, uh, remind me when we're done recording. I have uh, some spare hooks that were that I use to hang playfields. Okay. I bought a whole kit. That's and it came... like way overkill, but that'll well, be fine. No, yeah. Well, you can have one. Right. Is the thing. Like I still have one that can hold a twenty-five pounder or fifty pounder yeah. or something. So yeah, it came as a whole kit. So it's like, what do I do with all these? I had one playfield and I used two. 15 pounders for right or something like that. <laughs> I overkilled it too. And it was like, Oh, well I just had so much of that, uh, hardware and I still do. Yeah. Like so I said, that's I'll all. give you that. It's in the drawer over by where you're sitting actually. So that'll be easy enough. Um, and yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That, Cause that sign was massive. There yeah. was a guy who tried to buy it off. It did. Tell about the guy and how you broke his dreams. I said, no. Yeah. But I like how you, you drew it out. Cause you were like, 
Well, about I don't it. know. I have so many good places I could hang it. I'm not convinced you have any good places <laughs> that you, you could hang it. You make me sound evil. No, well, you said it all sweet. I did say it like all Like how sweet. you're talking right now. I am sweet. Yep. I am a wonderful person. Yeah, no, I kept it. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it's mine. It was. I want it. It's mine. We sh- and we shared something. a photo of it on Eclectic Gamers Podcast's Facebook something. page, facebook.com slash Eclectic Gamers Podcast. And you can see Tony wrote it, the, it even gave me when I was administering the page later, uh, in the week, this, Hey, why don't you share that? Look at this cool filter where it had you and the sign in color and the rest of it blackened, blackened out. And I was like, no, we don't need to reach. We don't need to, sh- we don't need to build it up any more than it is. <laughs> So, I it mean, was cool looking. Though. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm real happy with that. Um, other than that, uh, like I said a couple weeks ago, Rule the Waves 2 came out. Mm. And that game has pretty much been the only game I've played for the last two weeks. And I'm still playing my first game of it. Oh. And it sometimes have been playing it for like three or four hours at a night. You could stream it. I could. I don't uh, know that anybody a, would want caveat. to watch well. it. It, it. It's one of my Excel Excel games, basically. Ah, uh, yeah. So, well, that would give them a good taste for it. it. It's it's something to definitely people consider. watch pinball. How could they not watch spreadsheets in space or in seas? Yeah, I. It's, I mean, I'm that, just that's I'm, valid. There's a market for everyone. There's way more interesting stuff going on in the pinball to watch. I probably. guess I don't know. I, I I mean, I did one stream this last week of Firepower of all games, which <laughs> isn't a very deep game. Because um, this is basically watching me play around with would be watching me play around with a design of a ship and then go, Nah, let's wait another month to see if I get any new tech research that'll make this better. Yeah. Yeah, but just describe the whole process before you delete it, and that's what ma- that's the yeah, entertainment. There, there's the yeah. that's the entertainment. We'll see about it. We'll see. Okay, uh, I played a little bit of Red Dead Redemption since our oh. last podcast, so I'm get, trying to get back. Well, I was, and then now there's a new Overwatch event, so I've been I've doing been playing a lot of arcade that, mode and stuff. Get, right, you know, gotta get skins. Get skins. Yeah, I have two skins so far. It's very sad. I have one. Maybe I only have one. Maybe I dreamed that I had two. Well, I think I have one like I didn't want. Right. Most of them are cool, though. I don't have any of the ones I wanted. So, uh, since... I've got enough money. I've got enough coins saved up to buy one. Hmm. Yeah, no. I only had to buy one from the last event. I probably could buy two legendaries at this point. But there are three at least I want. So, first world Overwatch problems. I know. Um, Got a couple more days. Yeah, yeah, we still have a little bit of time. The uh, let's see, the day after Pinapalooza, I went and picked up a new pinball machine. Mm-hmm. So this one was only about it was about an hour away. It's a System eighty A game I wasn't familiar with called Super Orbit. Apparently, a solid state version of an EM called Orbit. I guess now it's Super. I. Was confused what made it super, I guess, but it just gives you more points for everything, is what's so super about it. <laughs> I've never had an ADA before, but um the uh the person who was selling it, my dad saw this listing through Pinside. It was actually on Facebook, but it was in a group I'm not a member or wasn't a member of. But you but are some, now. I am now. Uh, so I could communicate with the seller. And they were in the process of moving, and so they wanted to sell the pen. Which they noted had a few issues, and they also had a, st- a stand-up arcade game called Millipede. And I don't do arcade games, but it was a package deal sort of thing. So 
went out there, picked up the game. It was a 90-minute process. The seller uh, had noted that when they moved into the house, they had already owned these two games, and the movers moved them intact. So we lowered the these these system ADA games are unhinged back boxes. So right. we lowered the back box, and the guy had a dolly. So we didn't bring my dolly, and he had a bigger dolly, but. They have that type of stairwell that turns 180 degrees at a landing. Oh, yeah. Those are terrible. And so even though the pinball machine wasn't difficult to move, it was difficult to turn even on the dolly. And his walls did get scuffed up and Telly was upset about it. Granted, he was helping and it was unfortunate. So I apologized, of course, but that, hey. This is what happens when you put games downstairs in the basement and you want common folk like me to try and move them. The Millipede was awful. Uh, again, I don't know anything about arcade games. And when in his listing, he had the, he had a price and he's like, it was for both together. And he's, he even asked a question, what is this stuff worth? And it's like, I checked like the pin side market average on Super Orbit, nothing. So I don't know. <laughs> and... I didn't even know anything about Millipede. And so I just, I responded to him. I said, look, your price is good to me. I have absolutely no idea what your Millipede's worth. Um, I was comfortable with the price for the pin because the pin from his description was mostly working. So I thought I wouldn't, you know, take a bath on, I mean, it is a Gottlieb. So you have to bear in mind, you're never going to get a lot of money out of it. Right. Um, the Millipede, that must be 400 pounds or something. We moved it, assembled three of us. It, just a step, a step, a step. At one point, the seller, who has he has pretty severe arthritis, and he was trying to help. Um, <laughs> and my dad's at the top on the dolly. He's the one pulling back. And we're at the bottom. We had to stop on various stairs and just prop it against our legs and rest. I am sweating. I am panning so hard. Guy looks over at me. I think he thought I was asthmatic because I'm just like... <laughs> I wasn't trying to hide. Normally, I would try and hide that. You know, you got to be strong in front of these people. You can't show, you can't show weakness. But I didn't care. You know, I was just like, he's like, are you all right? I'm like, I'm just tired, man. I'm just tired. Just like, at this point, I'm just like, can we just drop this down your stairs? You keep the money I paid you. I keep the pinball machine. And you figure this out. I don't really care about Millipede. I really don't care about Millipede. Um, and but I didn't want to drop it because it was already working. And so he... uh he, we got it up there, uh, got it loaded in the truck. They both fit. And, uh, so anyway, I hurt for three days afterwards. Well, because when we were resting on the stairwell, the pressure actually on the leg I was propping against, I had, I was pressing against my Achilles tendon. That was what was, I was oh, using to hold up the pin ow. or not the pin. The pin was easy. The, uh, hold up the arcade game. So did that. Got that. Actually, I have some of my parts, like the ring kit, ordered and stuff. Well, now I probably have to modify, though, because I went today down to southern Kansas and bought another System 80 project <laughs> called Jacks to Open. And I sent, shared that link with you yeah. and a few other people we didn't buy yesterday, it. right? It, it was listed, and I thought all, that, again... You're all this, angry at us. No, it wasn't, it wasn't anger. It was more... <laughs> What do I have to do here? Come, well, it needs a home, man. This pin needs a home. Every pinball needs a family. Didn't we learn that from Deep Root? And so it's like, okay, fine. I'll adopt this pin. And now I'm running out of room. 
because my game room was already full with seven. Right. And so my dad's Black Knight is in the garage up against the wall. I used to, for those that don't know, back before I podcast, I my pinball machines for about four years were in the garage. I had them lined up. And I had, at one point, four in there. So now I have three in there. I've made, you know, space beside the shelf. So they're not as far over as they used to be. They're actually up against the wall. But you'd need to move them out of the way to get into the game room with a game if you were to coffin carry them like I like to do. Right. So not, I mean, it's just annoying. So I don't know. Uh, Jack's to open needs a little bit of work. He noted it was being squirrely on boot. It booted for us there. It's not booting right now. Connector issue. He'd noted there's something. The power board looks like it had maybe been worked on at some point. Someone had grounding modded this. Uh, the boards didn't have individual mo- uh, grounds. Yeah. When Gottlieb sold them, so it's recommended that you add ground grounds to each individual board because the problem would be if one board failed your ground connection would fail it would cascade so i don't know why they did it that way <laughs> but but mistakes were made that's the point mistakes were well, that's part made. of the rap that people had with gottlieb uh, solid state games so anyway so two new pins in a week it's very atypical they both happen to be system ada games um not even adbs they're ADAs. no no i've never had an adb um and I've never had a system one and now I'm stuck and I'm stuck with a millipede. So <laughs> I, just, I, don't know what, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I'm actually in talks with someone to get rid of the millipede. Uh, whether that births a new pen, we will see, but uh, I'm not looking at my phone right now. That was, we were doing <laughs> up until this point. We're not going to know that, but if someone is like, someone wants a millipede, here you go. Take it, take it. Huge old stand up piece of millipede. It's way better than Centipede. That's what everyone tells me. It's way better than Centipede. It's way better. So, you know what's way better than Centipede in addition to Millipede? Talking about pinball news. Our oh. first big thing. I know. It was kind of clunky. But but um, there's not a lot of news to talk about this week. I know that's a shock to you. It's probably a shock to everyone in pinball. So, uh, the... Let's start with Cosmic Carnival. We talked about that a little bit last time we were on the air. Uh, production is underway. Suncoast Pinball, the manufacturer, has shared some of the photos of the cabinets. They were in various states of assembly. So there are evidence that the line, uh, I'm not air quoting. I don't know if they really are doing a true line or what, but they're building. So, it's so in process. they're trying to, they're trying to, I guess, make their plan to have some actually released this month because we're in june now and that was their plan was to get them out in june at least some out in june and okay so some of that physical assembly is going on and they noted in that that uh play fields were also being cut so so they're 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 moving along they're moving they're moving right along uh what's not moving right along is coast to coast pinball where nate shivers the host of coast to coast pinball has finally called it quits I say finally, not because I'm glad that Coast to Coast Pinball is gone, because I enjoyed listening to the yeah. show. It's actually my favorite single host pinball show. I don't think anyone else has pulled it off to the degree that Nate has been able to in the single host format. I Noting to all people that I do have a bias towards multi-host shows, I think they're better overall anyway. Yeah. Because of the interaction. Right, because otherwise it's just a guy talking to a blank room. Right. But he does it really well. Right. I think other people kind of struggle can struggle for content 
or they have to be very, very scurvy. It's like when I did my standalone episode, which last I looked at the stats, by the way, Don, formerly of the Pinball Podcast, now of Gaming on 10, aside, it's our least listened to episode, FYI. <laughs> and I don't blame anyone for it. <laughs> it was uh, like 20 minutes of blah. It's 20 minutes of me going, <laughs> done. Put it in a can. Ready to roll. <laughs> mm. So, anyway, uh, but ever since he moved to Europe, the frequency went way down. Yeah. And, of course, there were the warning signs. Um, warning signs to me are things like when you when you do it, you talk about how much you love doing it. You talk about how much you still love the... It's like, who are you trying to convince sort of stuff? Right. So, I wasn't really surprised that he reached this conclusion. Um, I'm just surprised it took as long as it did. But, and he noted he has... He's still going to do stuff in pinball. It's just... I don't know what. He's not announcing it yet. It sounded like it'd be a few months away before we would know. So, well, we'll see what his new endeavor is. Most of what he's applied himself to has been pretty entertaining, I think. Yeah, so no, I it's look, been great. I look forward to it, but I have unsubscribed from the RSS feed. I gotta free up that space. Yeah, because you're running out of RSS space. I don't like to... It, hey, it takes time for that the phone to search through all those RSSs. What, a second? Well, like five, maybe ten. Depends how many of these other people are out there using what, which one is the crappy one? Podcast Garden. Quit using Podcast Garden. Holy <laughs> crap. That thing's RSS thing is down every other week. <laughs> and I just get all these little warning exclamation points. Couldn't connect, couldn't connect, couldn't connect. It's like half of my pinball podcasts. I'm like, guys, I know they're like the only one that's under a hundred dollars a year, but like go to archive.org or something if you need a free solution. Um, where I don't think you're allowed to re-upload is the issue. So if you screw up your episode, it's yeah, kind of out you're there. Just kinda... But but I'm just I mean we did ours originally free through uh, Google Drive. Yeah, back I, when they allowed that. Yeah, there was a way with the, how the links worked, and that's a uh, that's why we still actually do feed burner for our RSS feed because all I do is point it to SoundCloud. Right. And, well, you know there are a number of podcasts over with SoundCloud. I think our podcast follows them on SoundCloud, and I see their episodes come out, but. I'm not pushing a particular one. I'm just pushing anything that doesn't always have their RSS feed down, please. Um, and Nate was with them too. Oh, Nate, don't, if you're going to ever do anything with RSS, don't use them anymore. You got change. Got to move on up. Go to Libsyn or something. Um, the last bit of pinball news is Deep Root. And I have a link in the show notes to their website. And the reason I have done that is because they have posted a fairly sizable update there. I'm not going to read it aloud because by now, if you're in pinball, you should know how to read. You would hope. I would hope. I hope for a lot of things that aren't true in pinball, but... Just the thought of you reading that aloud made me yawn like that. Yes. Yes, I... uh, Yes, it made me as well in my soul. And... What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to summarize some of the, what I think are the highlights, and we can have a discussion about what's going on. Because this is the first really substantive update with timelines that we've had since their announcement in 2018 that they weren't going to be making TPF for the five days of Deep Root. Right. And it's not been radio silence since then, but it's been pretty quiet. So here are what we know. They have indicated that by June 28th, 2019, so later this month, Zidware claimants will be able to take monetary benefits or they will have the option to extend the delivery date for their machine compensation per the agreements that they signed. So 
They've also noted, they being Deep Root, that no new claims are going to be recognized after that date. So June 28th is the deadline to become a claimant. And wasn't the deadline coming up for that anyway? I, the deadline's not new. Yeah, this is, I, I yeah. Say it's a reminder. Close. So this right. isn't, this is nothing new. The, the language of the agreement, and it's been a long time since I've read it. Uh, when it first came out, I did go through the whole thing. I believe it, it indicated that June 28th, 2019 was supposed to be the date for those games to go out and actually get in the hands of anyone. Right. Who, and for those that don't recall, Zidware was John Papaduke's company where he failed to deliver on a lot of pre-ordered games. And so what ended up happening is because Deepert has hired John Papaduke, they chose to offer an option for people to send their proof, basically send proof of purchase and they would provide a compensation mechanism. And in exchange, those claimants would no longer have a legal, any legal recourse against John Papaduke or Zidware. Deepert was Buying them out of their complaint, essentially. Basically, yeah. Right. And so, well, was, let's, but, hey, we're, but remember, the game, we were guy. supposed to see the games back in March originally at TPF. So the thought was they were going to actually be able to get these games to people by then. That isn't happening. Their terms said that if they failed, there would be a cash option. But also, if you still wanted the game, you could, you could agree to wait longer. So that's going to be the, and I don't remember, like, if the dollar deal, if it was, it was probably better to wait for the machine, you know, value wise, so. value wise, but, but I don't remember what the differential was on it. So yeah, nothing really new there. Just a reminder. I don't know if it was ever specified initially, probably was about what date you had to get your, how you could be, how to become a claimant through deep root, but they need to draw a line at some point. Right. So, no, you can't just yeah. be a forever thing. So the next point, this is new. November 15th and 16th of 2019 at the Houston Arcade Expo. They have indicated that there will be several Raza, which is Retro Atomic Zombie Adventure Land. It was a Zidware planned game that John Papaduke had worked on. Uh, will, there will be prototypes, several prototypes available for play. I believe the Houston Arcade Expo goes up against the Chicago Expo. I think they're at the same time. It's one of those scenarios. There's like, there's a show in California that no one goes to. I, I'm being inaccurate. I know people like, uh, Jeff Rivera go, go to it. <laughs> um, but it's up against Replay FX where Pinberg is. Right. So it's like, so no one good goes. <laughs> let's, let's phrase it that way instead. Cause I'm sure I can't defend anyone by saying that. Um, so that was what I've heard. Houston makes sense to me for Deep Root because for those that don't know, Deep Root is a Texas based company. So it'd be easier for them to get games there. But so that's a new thing. That's a new deadline with, uh, with a reveal for one game. Uh, the third point, major They're point. They're not up against each other. Are they not? Okay. They're a month apart. Oh, Houston is in November. Oh, and I'm glad Pinball you Expo checked. This is what I get for trusting Pinside. Thanks, Pinside. They're next to each other. Yeah. Next to each other next month. What's, what a bunch of crap. Yeah, let's see. Pinball Expo is, is October 16th to the 20th, 2019, and Houston is, is, what did you say in your notes? November 15th and 16th. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, okay. Then, uh, then there'll be a good opportunity for a lot of people. I don't know how big the Houston show is. I don't know. Uh, it could vary. I mean, I don't now that it's not against Expo, <laughs> where I could just have said it's small. Apparently not anymore. Um, 
The third major bullet point from Deep Root was that sometime between fall 2019 and summer 2020, the five days of Deep Root will happen and Raza will be for sale. Those are the major points. So I thought, what are our, let's have a discussion about what does any of this mean? What do we think any of this means? As a reminder, it may have been when I was guest hosting on This Week in Pinball, but I have made a prediction that there would be some games sold, or I should say shipped, to people who were bought, but because they're planning to do it within two weeks, by the end of the year. I thought there would actually be games by the end of the year. That's still possible with this time frame, but fall, t- fall, capital yeah. F, Fall 2019 through summer 2020 is a huge range. Yeah, that's, that's a massive that's range. That's over a year. If you go all the way to the end of the true definition of seasonal summer, we're not even in true summer yet. So it's over a year away from true summer. And, yeah, I mean, and obviously fall is a little over a quarter of a year away. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I think the I I'm not interested in the claimant stuff. I think that was all boilerplate had yeah, had to was, happen. So that's yeah. that is what it is. That's just that's just following through on those obligations. There'll probably be a few people that will take the cash out. I don't think most will, if I were to guess. I would but, think not, but you never know. Yeah, there might be some that at this point, especially if they've been annoyed for some reason, uh about how deep root is handling things they might want may they might now have lost confidence and walk away but i just don't think most people are in that are in that boat uh the houston arcade expo sounds fine for a prototype reveal uh regular real expo chicago expo would obviously be a bigger audience but but if they're still planning to i mean if the prototypes are ready for houston they can still bring those prototypes to texas and texas is just expo but better so right so, in every way, shape, right. or form. So that there's no, I don't really see any harm in whatever show they choose to launch at because they'll still be able to do stuff at TPF in March. Right. Which is going to be, the, I think, the better place for right. them to do Which it anyway. I did go this week and book our hotel room. So that yeah, I got back that. at the hotel that you all liked. I know it was. I prefer it. It's okay. A better hotel. Okay. That's fair. That's fair enough, I suppose. Even though my cell phone doesn't like to work in it. Maybe you need a new phone. Maybe they need a new hotel. Did you think that maybe it's on them to cater to the client? What's concierge if it isn't to cater to my GPS? It's actually my GPS that doesn't want to work in the phone. Look, it makes sense. The, the listeners agree with me. They agree with me. Um, maybe it was just because we were on the backside of the hotel and that parking garage was getting in the way. Maybe. I don't know. Well, you know, Dennis. I don't know anything. Houston's only 11 hours one way. So much further. Holy crap. I know, right? Isn't that insane? Texas is big. Wow. <laughs> it's just like, for those that don't know, it's an eight-hour drive for us to get to Dallas. So. Yeah. So it's not, oh, God, 11. I can barely fathom doing it in a day. <laughs> I mean, I know mathematically it's possible because that's not even half a day, but it sounds very painful. It, 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 it would be rough to go play, to, to go Stand in line to play a prototype and turn around and come back. I'm afraid that once we pass the 10 hour mark, that might be where I insist that it has to be a flight. <laughs> just, just to, just, I mean, I don't know. But, um, do you, do you have any thoughts on this range for the five days of deep root? It's really, and there were more, again, go to their website. 
to to learn more. They there was an indication there that this was because of you know, competitive reasons with other companies, so they don't have a good sense as to exactly when Deep Root will roll out the games. Right, and I I get that. I don't I don't know how many companies do you think will be planning around Deep Root's release schedule. Like I don't think Stern cares, but maybe that wasn't who was meant. Maybe it was like JJP or like if JJP knew that Deep Root was going to unveil in November. I really think that anybody should care. Well, I, well, what should happen and what does happen, though. Uh, true. I mean, I, I you know, I kind of get it. I mean, like, let's think on the video game side. It's helpful to EA to know when Call of Duty's coming out so that Battlefield doesn't come out the same week. But I don't see... But that's like from a self-preservation standpoint. Each company right. thinks about that sort of stuff. No one wants to release against a Rockstar game because you're going to be decimated. But, it's, but, that, but there's but no sabotage that, to it. Right, but is, and is that is does pinball really have with this thing like in video games where the first week sales are so important because they're so much higher than everything uh, it else? Mi- it might. I Here's the thing that's about pinball that... And it, it's weird for me because I'm not that sort of buyer, at least in pinball I'm not. And that is the whole notion of a lot of collectors are driven by the shine, the big shiny. I got to get whatever's shiny and new. And then they just turn through game. And we have collectors here in the Kansas City area that are like that. They get, they like get every, it feels like they get everything new. They must be selling off that stuff. I can't, there's only so much storage space. Just ask my garage. And it's, I, I wonder, uh, so I'm not saying there's not any validity to that, but wouldn't just saying like, you're going to release in, let's say you said it was fall 2019. That's a three month range roughly for, yeah, three month range. That's pretty broad. I don't, I mean, yeah, if you weren't, if that was as specific as you got, I would still assume you'd be relatively safe. Because, I mean, we think about things like Black Knight Sword of Rage came out. It had about a week to itself. And then out came Wonka's reveal. But the game's not out yet. So it's like, did Wonka sabotage Black Knight? Maybe initially. But then if people are driven to own a new game, you're stuck with Black Knight being your only choice for several months until Cosmic Carnival comes out. Because that's the next thing, not Wonka. I'm, right. I, mean, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But th- th- but they are new. They may be wanting to play it safe. It used to be. I thought a lot of companies released around the same time. But that was also back when you had three or four companies releasing four pins a year or whatever in the nineties. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's it something that's. Different. I don't. Yeah, I think it's such, such a different situation. That I don't not... think. I don't think they launch in summer of twenty twenty. Historically speaking, summer was the lowest sales months for pinball machines to operators. Now, maybe that's not quite the same with collectors, but we used to see in the used side a lot of people trying to acquire and unload games more around the winter time for Christmas reasons. Get games for Christmas presents, sell games to have money to buy your family Christmas presents because you spent too much on pinball machines, <laughs> things like that. But that's really the only news is Deep yeah, Root. That's... Are you excited for Deep Root, Tony? Honestly, I am a little bit. I'm, I'm mixed. Uh, I want to, you I know, really it was, it was, I want to see because they've talked such a big game. 
Yeah, but once they missed the first five days at our at right. our TPF that we went special to. Right. I mean, I I went there just for that. I and I, I did, skipped and there my wasn't wife's even, birthday. You did to go to pinball. You did, and, and you still haven't heard the end of it from yourself, mostly. But mostly. you still haven't heard the end of it, mostly. And they didn't have a seminar there. They had a seminar at Expo, but they didn't have a seminar at TPF. I just thought that it just was strange to me. Yeah, I yeah, know. and now they're having one in Houston, which is just which, and they're based in San Antonio, isn't it? I think yeah. San Antonio. So I just I don't know. Not that I have any idea where that is. Well, that's really all I have for pinball news, though. So let's let's end our suffering and let's move on to. Uh, we have a couple of pinball discussion well, topics. We do. Uh, one that you had planned before, but we'll do that last because I want to tackle this more nebulous one first. <laughs> this is the more nebulous one. Well, <laughs> nebulous in that in that we already did some brainstorming on the next one True. because you brought it up. This one, all right. So this is a this is from Matt Roberts, a, a listener of ours. He gave us our topic on mystery awards that we discussed and pop bumpers that we discussed. Right. Or maybe I came up with the mystery award one. He gave us the pop bumpers one. Well, he's back, saving us yet again from a drought of news with topic discussion. So this time he he wanted us to weigh in on jackpots. So I would like jackpot. to quote I would like to quote from Mr. Roberts if I may. Jackpot. So that we know yet again our parameters of discussion. I don't know what he sounds like. I'm going to make him sound like this. What are your thoughts on unique rules regarding collecting jackpots? Sure, multiball is always fun, but sometimes it's even more fun. There are so many schemes, but here are a few of note that came to mind. Lord of the Rings, two towers, climbing value for combos to different shots, multiplied when three or four balls are in play. Scared Stiff Coffin Multiball, alternating jackpot shots. Transformers Megatron, shooting Megatron scoop relights jackpot shots, but does not score a jackpot. Star Trek The Next Generation Borg Multiball, single, double, triple jackpots. Adam's family, collect a single or multiply jackpot, then relight. Ghostbusters, light the super jackpot pretty much whenever. <laughs> Munsters, zap jackpot, combining and compounding supers. Other noteworthy jackpot rules exist for these machines. Twilight Zone, Whitewater, Demolition Man, Doctor Who, ACDC, Iron Maiden, and Medieval Madness. So, Tony, jackpots. Have you ever given much thought to jackpots? No. Nor have I. Not really. I didn't know there was like all this. I, I, yeah, going through the, going through the notes, I was like, I just know occasionally the machine yields jackpot at me and it makes me happy. Yeah. I am. I know that most of the time jackpots are with a multi ball, especially on older games where it usually was after you set up a certain number of shots. But I also am familiar with more than like I'm thinking Sharky Shootout, for example. Um, Medieval Madness isn't a bad example either, which he, he did note where it seemed like every shot, major shot is lit for a jackpot. And like with Sharkies, you do say five of those and then there's one shot that's lit for super jackpot. And also one thing that stood out to me was super jackpot. Um, he mentioned Ghostbusters, but Trudeau had another game. Silver Slugger, where the jackpots aren't tied to multi-ball. 
they're actually available as a it feels cheap to say common, but in Ghostbusters it does feel common. It's a common yeah. way of just getting points, some allotment of points. Uh, though the jackpots in Silver Slugger can be extremely lucrative. Because you can it's it's you can build it. Right. By using the spinner at, when it's lit to build jackpot. Uh I guess what I like jackpots that make sense. So for me, I'm totally fine with jackpot not being in multi-ball, but I, but I want it to always be worth a lot. I want it to be substantive. So that would be my stance. In my opinion, a jackpot, when you collect it, should be a significant percentage of score availability that's probably not available in any other means. So for example, in Sharky Shootout, well, I'm not a huge fan of the every shot is a jackpot shot. At least the points it's giving, right? Make it worth your while. Well, what would you consider a lucrative part? I mean, would you? It just has to be uh, compared to what the average score is on a game. Like a jackpot should be more than one percent of that. Okay, how about that? Like, I don't want a jackpot. Like with Ghostbusters, the jackpots are are like teeny points. It seems right. Unless I mean, unless you just build it up, but building it up it takes right. so long and is sure. still not. Yeah, it's just like so. For example, um, he brought up the the zap jackpot in Monsters. I was playing Monsters several times yesterday in tournament. A little buttons flashing. I'm hitting a little button. I'm getting a zap jackpot, and they're not. I don't think there were very many points, like a hundred thousand points. It's like okay, well, maybe that's okay if your ghost, if your ghost, sorry, if your monsters game is ten million points. But when right. I ended with thirty, it sure didn't feel like the zap jackpots won me my game. Right. See, see that's the thing. It's not. It's there, not well, they were con- they're constant. I don't think jackpots should be constant, and that's where even though I like the scoring on Sharky Shootout, I don't actually like the jackpots because it's like when you're in multi ball, every shot's a jackpot. And then after you hit five of any shot, it, well, uh, maybe some of them unlight after a little while. So that's good. Then you have to hit the right orbit, inner or outer, for the super. That's kind of hard. And I like that. I like that aspect. So I like jackpots that lead to super jackpots. Because yeah, we're and I'm builds, okay, and I'm okay with the jackpots being less valuable if you can build to a super that is. So it's like if you're in the multi-ball play long enough and you're just like, you finally get to have super jackpot. And it sounds awesome. It better be worth awesome points, though. Otherwise, <laughs> why is it super jackpot? Super jackpot. Right. 50,000. Right. I've got 120 million. What do I care about? 50,000. Exactly. exactly. And so, but there's a balance there, too. Because I also don't like games where the way to win is to go into multiple. I don't like. And maybe that's part of, besides its bad layout, that's probably part of the problem I have with Hobbit is this is like a multi-ball game. Right. And I prefer mode games, single ball mode games, where it's not always, if you want to bring in a multi-ball, I like that. That's fun. But I don't want it to be, oh, we just try, the whole goal is to light and start multi-ball, and then you get all your points. And a lot of older games, that's how it was. Right. Now, that was sort of before jackpots, too. That was just sort of like, because there were playfield multipliers and stuff that only existed when you were in multi-ball. Now, here's an idea that is partially stolen because I know on, uh, specifically on Ghostbusters, you can, you, you there's a specific skill shot to just add 10% of your score mm. to your score. 
what if you had a game that had a jackpot that was built similarly that as you build the jackpot, it was literally building a percentage of your current score so that when you scored it, you earned a percentage of your current score. So if you were having a good game, it would you would get more than if you were having a bad game. I don't like it competitively. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be great competitively, so, but because just, for just because interesting reasons. Um, well, I mean, like in single in single player play, I probably have quite a bit of fun with it. Uh, yeah, but I mean, because I'm thinking of balance. Uh, well, I well, people don't like catch up features like mystery awards. They give you twenty million points on a game right. which has had an average score of seven million. Uh, I also think there's an issue with percentile awards or things that. And there's some good games that do this, but well, Bram Stoker's Dracula is a good case in point. Bats and rats, you better get them ball one because if you didn't and someone else did, every bonus they get is just millions and millions of points at the end of the ball. How do you come back on ball three from that? You can't. And even games like uh, there, uh, there are just a lot of games where your initial bonus carries over, and that's what that's like. So a jackpot shot that's percentile based, I probably, overall, I wouldn't want it, I guess, even though I would enjoy it in the single player experience. No, I just, I don't. It's not I don't, worth it. I don't like where it makes the game, competitively, it's too, uh, I mean, I don't want to catch up feature, but I also don't like it when people who have one great ball, because it happened on ball one rather than ball three. And this is almost, with the percentage thing, it's kind of like, Okay, well, you're already dominating, so I guess screw the rest of you guys, which is going to grind you into dirt with one shot now. Whereas if you're doing terrible and you hit a 10% jackpot, what does that mean? Right. It's like, now the mode didn't wasn't even smart. Now, if you had other things, and you would, maybe that gets interesting from a choice perspective. Like, if you're dominating in your game, the 10% jackpot mode is your obvious thing to go do. And if someone else is like, that's not going to get me anywhere near enough points. I have to do something that just gives me raw points. Just raw. Just time. raw points. But yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not really keen on it. That just seems like a, a, a way to sort of cheese your way onto the leaderboard. If you're having a decent game now, all of a sudden things just blow up even bigger. But it's all a balance. I mean, that's part of the challenge with playfield multipliers and stuff. Now, there's one I'll ask you about. What if there was a jackpot shot? Uh, could be tied to a multiball. Could not be tied to a multiball. And the jackpot reward isn't points, but it's like double playfield scoring for 30 seconds. That's your jackpot. Jackpot that's not points, but it's a major, it's a major scoring advantage, but it's timed. I actually kind of like that. So something like that, because I do like things where you're playing the game and it lights playfield multiplying, playfield score. Uh, in fact, he referenced the Lord of the Rings Two Towers mode, but I believe there's a uh, there's this Golem multiball in that game. And when you're in Golem multiball, every six seconds it switches between is he Golem or is he Schmeagle? When it's Schmeagle, it's double scoring. When it's Golem, it's half. So you could actually trap up. And trying to obviously you're getting points either way, but if you want to hit those really lucrative shots, you want Schmeagle on your side. That's kind of cool. Even though Schmeagle doesn't have any friends, no, nobody likes you. 
So interesting. Yeah. I actually haven't thought that much. Well, as we noted at the start. Right. Of this, no, I, I haven't either. actually really put a lot of thought into jackpots. Uh, I'm pretty tolerant of, of most of, of how they are when it, it seems like in a lot of modern games, when all the main shots are lit and they just get you jackpots. I like if they're moving you towards the super. I'm not really that enthused about the individual regular jackpots though. They just don't seem yeah. lucrative enough to be a big deal. I, said, I don't, but they're not imbalanced either, which is nice. You don't want to be. I don't. I don't think I'm one. I don't ever really shoot for jackpots unless it's one of those games mm. where when you're in multi-ball, they're huge. Well, or like well, when he mentioned medieval madness. When I'm right. playing medieval madness, I don't usually shoot for the ramps when I'm in multi-ball. I'm usually trying to chip away at another well, yeah. castle. That's typically what I do so, then too. So, but in Attack from Mars, I will go for those shots because not for the jackpots. I want the roving super shot, right? Which I fail. But when I get it lit, I get it. I'm like, yes, I'm going to get me a super jackpot and you're going to give up. And then you don't. I don't get the super. But I win anyway because I'm so good. Or not. I like to believe that as well. Or not. (laughs) Or then I just go for saucers and all the good players stare at me like, that's so dangerous. I'm like, I know, but you all are too scared to do it. So I'm going to try and do it. And then if I get some saucers, you're going to lose and you're going to be sad. Your total annihilation won't save you from me. (laughs) <laughs> and my saucers. Look at my collection of saucers you were too scared to go for. How's that working out for you? I usually lose. <laughs> but when I win, it, yes. it stings even more when some saucer yes. wins. Stings. <laughs> so let's go to the segment that you came up with. And you brought this up on our last episode about... I don't remember, was it actually on the last episode or we what? just talked about it after we got done recording? It might have been that. You know, it all blends. For those that weren't listening closely enough to the last episode, or after the last episode, Tony mentioned that Munsters is such a terrible theme that pretty much anything else that was out on TV during that time would have been better. Yeah. And so he came up with this concept, and this was outside of that. Uh, What if we were to play a game with listeners about trying to pick a replacement theme for monsters. Now, so this is not all drawn out like how we used to do the tournaments. And we're not going to do 20 questions today. This is, this is today's game. Uh, what we're going to do is Tony has constructed a list. He has 30 TV shows that were out around when monsters were 60 shows. Yeah, basically right. late 50s to early 70s. All right. So, so that was his range. He's got 30. He's already ruled out games that have had pinball machines. Right. So those aren't going to be on here. We're going to narrow these down to two. Yes, you're going to get stuck with some of our picks. But then we'll put up a Facebook poll at uh, facebook.com slash Eclectic Gamers Podcast. And you all will pick which of the two that we've narrowed it down to was worthy of actually being what Munsters ended up being. Right. We're gonna. It's the replace Munsters game. Because Munsters is not good. No. As a theme. As a theme. So, Tony... It's your game. How do you want to run through this? I think that the best way is probably just to run through the 30 games, just or the 30 games, the 30 possible games, the, the 30 shows. We'll just run through the list real quick, and then we can hit highlights on... Because some of these are going to be pretty easy to rule out because they're going to be like the monsters. Okay. So we can rule them out pretty easy. Okay. Do you want to just, do you want to start going through the list? Yeah. We'll start going through. And then once we rule a few of them out, we can go look more seriously at some of the others. Okay. Uh, 
this list is in no particular order other than the order I found them. Uh, Andy Griffith Show. Uh, the Dick Van Dyke Show. The Wild Wild West. Get Smart. Mission Impossible. Hogan's Heroes. Big Valley. Uh, Dragnet, the 1967 version as opposed to Dragnet, the like 1954 version. Okay. Or Dragnet, the 1980s version with Dan Aykroyd. That was a movie though, so we wouldn't count that. That's true. Uh, Car 54, Where Are You? Bewitched, The Green Hornet, uh, which didn't run nearly as long as I thought it did. Mm. I thought that show was on, but it was like a, that was like a one season show. (laughs) Uh, I Dream of Jeannie, The Monkeys, McHale's Navy, Hawaii Five-O, uh, my favorite Martian, F Troop, Green Acres, uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, My Three Sons, Gomer Pyle USMC, Ironsides, The Brady Bunch, Flipper, Bonanza, The Untouchables, Perry Mason, Leave It to Beaver, and Lassie. Okay. Here is where I would... I'd like to start. Let's see if you disagree with any of this. The the Big Valley, F Troop, Gomer Pyle, and Ironsides, I do not know. And thus I propose getting rid of them because I don't know what any of those are. Okay. Big Valley, uh, F Troop were... Uh, Big Valley basically... Bonanza's going to be the better one of that. All right. Because so do it's, you agree, it's a Western. So do you agree to drop that one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we can definitely... Go ahead and mar- mark up our list. We'll, we'll go ahead and mark from... that list yes, up. I'm just yes, going to put purge, a, purge. a minus. Roll it again. We'll get, rid of, we'll get rid of Big Valley for sure. F Troop is just a comedy version of the Westerns that were so popular at the time. Okay. It was just a comedy Western, and I'm perfectly fine with getting rid of that. I did actually watch that one some... Ironsides, I don't see any way that could be made into a good pinball <laughs> okay. machine. Okay. I didn't know before the start. Tony actually summarized what it, so I do know only because he told me just before right. we started recording. Because Ironsides is, uh, about a wheelchair bound detective going after bad guys played by Raymond Burr. Mm. I, I have no earthly idea how you could possibly make a good pinball machine out of that. Do not know. I've never actually seen the show, but yeah, I I have no idea. But it was on the list. I'm fine with dumping that one. That's not a problem. And Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle was actually a pretty funny... Uh, I've heard references to right, Gomer Pyle, right, but yeah. I don't know the show. Yeah, Gomer Pyle is a, uh, a spinoff from the Andy Griffith Show Okay, with Gomer Pyle from the Andy Griffith Show joining the Marines. Okay. Okay. And it was a pretty funny show. Um, I'm fine taking it off the list because I don't know that it necessarily had anything that could be that could work as well as some of the as some of the others. But yeah, no, it was just a continuation. It was like Mayberry RFD, okay, which was also just mm. a continuation of the Andy Griffith show, but not as good because, yeah, okay. Well, how about, yeah, this is going very much like a Beast Cast style. Oh, yeah. No, it's full on. Just, <laughs> uh, just, so, well, we haven't had any conflict yet. No. Uh, since I went ahead and, and named four that I'd like to remove, how about you name four that you would like dropped? Okay. Flipper, 
because when it comes to that whole animal helpful this and that, what Flipper's always going to lose to Lassie in my mind. I I I agree. And go ahead and remove it. Though I do want to point out that Jason Knapp of Knapp Arcade on Facebook is a huge fan of underwater themes, and you're going to decimate. <laughs> or at least halves this list. Because I think there's only other one other water theme on the list. Two. Okay. Technically. Okay. Um So bye bye flipper. That's my flipper impression. It's not so good. Andy McDowell had a great dolphin impression in uh that what was that vanity project that Bruce Willis did? Hudson Hawk. Oh. Do you remember? No, I don't. She was the perfect dolphin. <laughs> oh, anyway. Sorry, memories. <laughs> Terrible movie. I don't recommend it to anyone. Um, Dick Van Dyke. I see no, no reason yeah. for Dick yeah, Van Dyke. Yeah, 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 yeah. What gonna, is that? Was, was he the one who always tripped over the... Yes. Okay, yeah. Um, the Bash toy is too obvious. We can't go It would it. be. It would be. Um, let's see. My Three Sons. Oh, yeah. And honestly, leave it to Beaver. No, I agree. I don't. I, I don't think it would be as fun as as, uh, as fun as the "You Were Mighty Rough" on the Beaver call out would be. <laughs> no, because Jersey Jack would do it, and it would be so. There's that's even too wholesome for Jack. That's <laughs> it's way too wholesome. From no, okay, I, okay. So there, eight gone. Already. All right, all right. How about I'd like because we have thirty. Let's each drop one. Let's just each quickly propose one more to, okay. to get rid of. Uh, I'm going to suggest my favorite Martian. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. That works. I'm going to be a bit more controversial. I'm going to go with The Untouchables. I think if it was based off the movie from the 80s, and that, it would be no, better. I agree. I agree. the TV show from the 60s, yeah. I don't think so. No, that's fine. Here's the surprise to me. Perry Mason's still on this list. Here's the thing with, well, do we want to, let's discuss Perry Mason since you brought it up. Um, <laughs> The thing with me is that Perry Mason, in my mind, would have the picture. It's like if they were to do the movie Clue, they could do something like how they did Who Done It. Are you familiar with Who Done It? Yes. And so you could have it. Well, Clue was more of a mystery solving thing, and so was Who Done It. Perry Mason, in theory, if you didn't focus so much on the, obviously you'd have a trial setup, but he was always. A, never mind. It doesn't. As I try and think about it, he wasn't really no. solving mysteries. Let's uh, let's get rid of it. Okay. Never mind. I thought maybe I could just like no. He always just always won. I'll uh, even accept that as my draw. Like, well, no, that was, yeah. that was a mutual. Yeah, a mu- that, mutual. I, I, just, I don't see now. You know what could be good that's not on this list because the time frame wasn't right that I could see Columbo. Oh yeah, I could see doing some fun mm. mystery stuff. Just one more thing. Just, that's the ball save. Oh yeah, just <laughs> one, one more thing. thing. Yeah, that would be <laughs> awesome. Uh, oh well. Um, I guess Let, let's let's flip instead of dropping. Let's each pick one that is one that we think could do very well. Let's pick five each. Five each. Okay. And we'll alternate them. Okay, that's so fine. Go, go ahead and we'll we'll we'll, we'll put I'll, I'll, put pluses. I'll put pluses. Yes. On um. Do you want to go first? Sure. I'll go ahead and go first. Uh. Let me see. Monkeys. Not that's an equal sign. That's an equal sign. The audience, I'm describing to you what he's doing to our one notes. It's an abomination. I'm going to follow up with uh, Mikhail's Navy. Okay. 
I will go ahead and say that Bonanza. Oh, yeah. That, that would be a great... We haven't had a good Western theme in a long time that I can think of. Am I forgetting something? Has there been anything more recent than... Cactus? No. Yeah. You forget nothing. The Beverly Hillbillies. Okay. Mission Impossible. Oh, that would be... That, I could see... My only problem with that one would be... Would it be better as the movie version? With, cause how I mean, it could be, but just in terms of thinking about a replacement theme for monsters... Correct. I think it would be better. Hogan's Heroes. All right. For my fourth, go ahead and get uh, put Get Smart. See, I, that was I was debating that one. I like it. I debated it too, and I've decided I'll I'll save it, save it for now. I will. See, I know what my personal choice was here, but I don't know that it would be as. Maybe good. you need it. Go ahead and let's, throw let's, it. Let's go ahead and go ahead and throw it in to ahead, save it yeah, to make sure just, it's safe. Just just to make it safe, I'm going to go with. Um, um, I dream of genie. Okay. I watched a lot of that show as a kid. And go ahead for me and let's save Lassie. Timmy's stuck in a well. Yeah, well. Obviously. Except for he was never, ever, nobody was ever stuck in a well. But, in the game, know, he could be. In the game, he could be. So that leaves me with one more choice. Mm. Honestly, probably the Brady Bunch. I could see I could see some serious game modes made from it, especially if you do it less seriously. Mm. Okay. All right. So I guess now we should probably run through the ones that we have not ruled, protect or eliminate, and decide, see if we can get through those relatively quickly in terms of one way or the other right. before we start debating it more. So Andy Griffith's show is the first one. That you've got here. Uh, I just don't feel strongly on it either I don't. Way. I don't feel strong. Let's get rid of it. I know then. it's super popular, but Let's get I, rid of I, it. I have a hard time imagining how so, I would Sorry. It. It's too wholesome. Yeah, I, I, the only thing that's popping into my head would be you could do a thing with the, like a one bullet hurry up. Right. And that's all I've got. Yeah. Um, Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. See, I never re- watched the show. I know the movie. The movie was terrible. The show I, was really good. I enjoyed the show. But, I mean, it, it gives you that nice comment. I mean, because it is a Wild West show with a kind of spy theme thing. And mm-hmm. in the, I mean, the movie, they went like super steampunk. Yeah. Like, from a meth spider saving yeah. your Selma Hayek. But I'm, I don't feel strongly either way. I'm fine with Get that. rid of it then. Okay. I think if we don't feel strongly, we need to get rid of it. Now, Dragnet 67. Dragnet could be good. Uh, police procedural. Let's save it for yeah. now. Car 54, where are you? I found it obnoxious. I yeah. don't care it's for it. It's just, uh, Bewitched was, you know, another, it was just like I Dream of Genie. I just, but worse. Movie. But worse. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it. The Green Hornet. You know, I think I've only ever seen like one or two. Episodes. Yeah. The only thing this show is known for is... Bruce Lee. Is Bruce Lee. Kill it. Hawaii Five O. That could be pretty... It, I mean, it, that gives a lot of options for a lot of stuff. It, go, let's preserve it. 
I mean, now, if we want to go with like a Hawaii themed thing, I would prefer Magnum PI personally, but that's outside right. the time. Right. So, yeah. I was surprised when I saw Hawaii Five O was in the time frame. Yeah. Uh, it's because they've remade it like four times. But yeah, it was 68 to 80. Um, to, for me, um, Green Acres is too wholesome. Yeah. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. I never really watched it. It Nor wasn't one of those I. sci-fi shows I Sor- Sorry. Sorry, Jason. Sorry. End it. It's done. So, that looks like that's it. Yeah. So, I'm going to copy our saved stuff a little farther down so we can just look at the saved. So, we basically only added two to the list. Uh, from the initial 10 we created, because we, we we have 12 saved. Okay. Well, that's that's good. That means less work. Yeah. So, I guess what I, th- I think at this point might be helpful is to start making cases to get rid of certain things and seeing how much resistance anyone wants to put up. Right. Uh, so, what one do I want to... Do I want to pick off here? I think that I worry that your I dream of genie is way too wholesome for pinball. You're right. I'm, I'm not going to argue with this one because that's what I was looking at this list. That's probably the one I'm having the hardest time putting together. I mean, a game that isn't that part of Munsters' problem is this wholesome yeah. thing with, oh, well, they're different, but they're, and they make fun of the girl that's not ugly and that's funny and yeah. then it's so wholesome. And it's just like, well, I Dream of Genie was a fun show, but it's right. so wholesome. Yeah. Nope. I'm fine. I'm not going to argue that one. Okay. That's, that's not the one because I, I, the more I think about it, the harder time I have putting together a good game around it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm actually going to compare to the most of the rest of this list. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to throw this out there for, for discussion real quick. We have several of these that would kind of tickle the same itch. Yes. Specifically, Dragnet 67 and Hawaii 5 are both police procedurals. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Mission Impossible and Get Smart are both spies. Just one is more, way more serious than the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Hogan's Heroes and McHale's Navy are both humorous World War II uh, things. And the Beverly Hillbillies and the Brady Bunch are both, you know, big family in interesting situations things. Yes. So do we want to just kind of weed some of those down a yeah, little? Yeah, we can do it that way. That's All fine. Right. All right. So you want you want to start then with Dragnet versus uh, Mission Impossible? Or was it? Was oh, it Hawaii, Dragnet and Hawaii Five O. Thank you. Dragnet yeah. and Hawaii Five O. Um, I think Hawaii Five O superior for the for that. Type I didn't of thing. really watch Dragnet. Or Hawaii Five O, so I'm willing to say fine to Hawaii Five O because right. I don't feel strongly about Dragnet. Yeah, that's fine. So we will remove Dragnet from the list. Okay, I'm fine with that. We'll put that on a double plus good. So then, get smart and Mission Impossible. I think Mission Impossible is the more classic. Spy I do too, show. and because Get Smart is slapsticky, right. I. I mean, it, it, they. I think they both could work, but I would think Mission Impossible would make for a better game. Okay. From the theme. 
given all the and movies, it it's get, resonated and longer. It, with and it. it gives you the ability to do the uh, the uh, special edition playoff the movies. Yes. So. Yes. Well, it's just that while there has been redone Get Smart stuff, the, obviously the mo- modern Mission Impossible movies have s- tied to this as a touchstone. Right. And they've got huge popularity. So people will, you know, the theme is still recognizable and things like that. So... Now, here, here's what would probably be my hardest uh, comparison to is Hogan's Heroes and McHale's Navy. Hmm. And I don't know if you ever watched either of those shows. I think I've seen Hogan's Heroes. Okay. I watched both of them near religiously when I was a kid. And I don't know. It, it, it's a hard pull for me. I think. Let's well, let me see. I've got the IMDb stats. Let's see what. Let's compare their popularity numbers just in straight IMDb. So McHale's Navy is a 7-4 and Hogan's Heroes is a 7-9. Hogan's Heroes ran a lot longer. Um, man, this is, this is, see, this is a tough one for me. I think Hart, Hogan's Heroes is going to have the bigger audience touchstone and it's going to have more reference because it ran so much longer and it was, uh, definitely more popular. I mean, even now, you people still make jokes that refer to Hogan's Heroes. I've heard them from people who don't know what they're referring to because it's just uh, mimetic stuff that they've learned. Mm-hmm. Personally, I prefer McHale's Navy, but that's just because I'm a big fan of Ernest Borgnine, and I saw it first. Okay. But I think Hogan's Heroes would make the better show, or better pinball machine. Okay. That's fine. I don't. I don't feel strongly between since, the yeah, two. Yeah, since you don't feel strongly, I'll, I'll I'll take the weight of that one. I'm not sure. I said I personally prefer Mikhail's Navy, but Hogan's Heroes I think is the better chance. Um, Beverly Hillbillies, Brady Bunch, Bonanza, and Lassie. Are okay, all that's left. Um, let's go ahead. Even though I pitched it and get rid of Lassie, it's too wholesome unless I. Let her get ra- rabies, which was where I was going <laughs> with my ideas for it. So, so, so this is where we get our arguments. Where, where, which makes the which would we? Lassie make? is actually a more affordable license than getting Cujo from King. So we take Lassie <laughs> and give her rabies. Well, if we want to be the evil method, do we make a machine based off of Old Yeller or where the red fern grows? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Gosh, Red Fern is sadder, but they're both pretty sad. Yes, but with Old Yeller, the the final wizard mode ends with you killing him, mm, and it ends the game. And it ends the game. That it just but, ends the. But game. with Red Fern grows, the final mode could be like forty five like system <laughs> shutdown. There are modes where you get you get multi ball for a set period of time, and you get to the wizard mode or whatnot. With Redfern, uh, spoilers, by the way, if you haven't read Redfern Girls or seen Old Yeller uh, or watched Redfern Girls because it obviously was a show. Well, as well. like, Apparently, it's a show as well yeah. as a movie. Well, in it, uh, you so you have like 45 seconds until the other dog starves to death. <laughs> then it's over. <laughs> we are terrible people. Hey, we didn't write those books and make those shows. People chose to do it. Um, Let's so get ready. Lassie on wholesomeness. Uh, let's move Bonanza on. Let's give the Western some love. 
It was a huge show. It was a, I enjoy it. A lot of, lot of guest stars that yeah. showed up on Bonanza. And when was the last time you watched Bonanza, Dennis? Uh, probably October. I think I watched it when I was in Arkansas. Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you had put Beverly Hillbillies and Brady Bunches, the two weird. Fam- yeah. I watch Beverly Hillbillies all the time. I know. I watch Brady Bunch sometimes. Brady Bunch, too wholesome. Hillbillies, too funny. So Hillbillies wins. <laughs> Texas Tea. I'm fine with that. Texas Tea. I think, I think Hillbillies would make the better machine. I think just the characters were more unique. What, what are you going to do with, with Brady Bunch? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha mode? Uh, come on. You, you would probably have to build it more along the lines of the, oh, we didn't talk about the monkeys, Dennis. Oh, we it didn't get carried. Did it get carried? Oh, yeah. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't talked about it. I, I like carrying on monkeys because it's like the one thing that's surviving that could be argued as a music pen. True. Now here, here's the, we'll, we'll, we'll keep monkeys and here's the question though. With the monkeys in, do you give it to Stern and just make an update of another Stern Electronics game, a modernized version of another? Yeah, Stern that's fine. Electronics as long game? as it's not priced like Beatles, right. which it wouldn't be because it's monkeys, right? Yeah, Quicksilver, be- yeah, Stargazer. I don't know. <laughs> the original Stern Electronics Iron Maiden. That's one that that could definitely use a playfield rework. So <laughs> that that would be an option. Okay, so let me make sure I got this count right. Yep, was okay. So we're down to six. Okay, we're making progress, folks. We're making solid progress here. Okay, we got to we got to pair it down to two. All right. So out of these six, this start this is starting to get hard. Yeah, yeah, we haven't really brutalized each other's picks though. So there's th- we got that going for us. True. Um. Of these six, I'm still going to keep it nice. I'm going to keep it light. And okay. Friendly. I'm going to propose that we drop Hawaii Five O. It yeah. feels weaker than some of these other. It does. Choices. No, I'm. I I I can see that. We'll go okay. Hawaii Five O. All right. I'm going to go for. I'm actually going to go for Bonanza. I like it, but I think. The only other thing that I think is lower on this list than Bonanza is the monkeys. I think the monkeys would probably make a better machine. Yeah, I'm not. I'm a banana. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Bonanza's lasted because of its westernness, but I don't think there's a lot of it, stuff from the show that inherently lends itself well to pinball. Right. It wasn't like a gunfighter thing. Right. Like no, like, like, like Cactus Canyon ended up being. Right. So, now something more along the lines of now that's one it didn't yeah, see like if someone wanted to make tombstone into a pinball machine that would have probably been pretty smart. Why did that not appear in my? Oh, because it was it was it was before it was before my list. Mm. I was thinking have gun will travel. It ran into the sixties, but it I it started the mid fifties. Okay, so all right, so we got but so did that. So we got four left. Um, interesting, interesting. Uh, I'll go ahead of these four and say Beverly Hillbillies can go. It still leans a little too wholesome without being 
the wholesomeness of a music pen, which I think could work. I think there's a lot of it's funny. It's it's very funny, and I can have, there there is. But Hogan's Heroes is funny too, right? So if I have to pick between the two, even though I wasn't a Hogan Heroes watcher, I think it's more. I don't know. They're both so iconic and cool. Right. I mean, I know, I know hillbillies more, but like, I think monkeys would make a better pin than hillbillies as part of the reason. So I don't want to sacrifice it yet. And I think well, let's, Mission let's, Impossible is even more iconic, but. Do you think monkeys would make a better pin than Hogan's Heroes or Mission Impossible? Maybe Mission Impossible. Okay. Because. Just because people like the songs. It's about the songs. Fine, get rid of the monkeys. No, my monkeys. Bye, bye, monkeys. Go ahead and get rid of monkeys. And I'm uh, fine with Beverly Hillbilly, so we're down to two. Okay. <sighs> I feel I made all the real sacrifices. So Mission Impossible versus Hogan's Heroes. That you will made be all the real sacrifices. Yeah, I made all the real sacrifices. You got to keep your Hogan's Heroes. Do you want to know what I thought? What Hogan's I- Heroes is going to lose this bad. I'm I telling know. you, it's going to lose bad. And you're going to be like, oh, whoa, we should have had Lassie. Cujo Lassie. <laughs> Cujo Lassie. <laughs> so, <right>. so <laughs> Facebook.com slash Eclectic Gamers Podcast. We'll get a poll up. Uh, probably run a couple weeks. Yeah. At least a week. I don't remember what Facebook list you pick. And uh, you'll choose between Mission Impossible and Hogan's Heroes, which would have been a better theme for Stern to have done. What, what a better old man theme would have been versus uh, we're obviously saying that Either of these would have easily been better than Monsters. There is no debate on that. We're not going to have that our debate. our final six, any of the final six would have been yes, better than Monsters. Yes, they all would have been better than Monsters. But, so that's easy. I mean, Arguably, the final 12 were probably all better as well. I could see Monkeys being better than Mission Impossible. Yeah, well. Well, you know, but Mission Impossible will be... It's, 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 gonna, it's, it's gonna, serious. It allows you to do a, a spy game, which hasn't been done in a really long time. Right. And obviously it's very iconic, both in title, theme music. There's a lot you could do in the way of modes. Uh, you could have things like here, you gotta hit this shot before it self-destructs. There's a lot there. Hogan's Heroes, another often memeified referenced show. Yeah. It's, it's a silly take on, on, a, on a military theme, which we haven't really had a lot of that. No, like, not really. A lot of either, especially combined, but. My and my, as I've clearly indicated, my projection is Mission Impossible wins. I think Mission Impossible has at least seventy percent of the vote. That's what I'm going to forecast. We'll see. What's that's implying that you will now forecast something and be wrong and make me look good? We'll see. No, honestly, I think I think Mission Impossible might be the bigger touchstone. But I think Mission Impossible is the biggest touchstone after the Beverly Hillbillies that has survived to this final calling. Mm-hmm. So, well, if the Beverly Hillbillies made it, I. But you know, we were kind of trying to stay away from the super happy, right. friendly. Some of the frustrations with the monsters pick, I think, was coming through with our choices. Yeah, but but and people, you can always wait. Feel free in the thread uh, on the in, poll in the to comment. Yeah, in the comment and let section. Let us know just how terribly wrong we screwed. No, this no, up. don't let us know that. But you can <laughs> say which thing, which show you would have rather seen. We're, in, I'd be interested to see that. See, like I'm voting Mission Impossible, but I really thought Mikhail's Navy should have been a choice. And you're and then and then you can be frosty because then we could say Mikhail's Navy might have actually won had you only had faith in it. I know. 
Well, <laughs> we're done with pinball. So let's go ahead and you have found a couple of uh, just a couple quick news items. Yeah, for video, we're in video games now. And I and I went light on on video games for a very specific reason. Our next episode is our E three episode. Yep. So I figured there's no reason to get too crazy because all the big stuff's coming. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so just a couple interesting things. One is a tidbit. Uh, in the uh, last episode, we talked about uh, the Epic Game Store was having their big Epic sale. Well, apparently. If you really liked their Big Epic sale and you bought like, you know, five games off of their Big Epic sale, you were banned. Whoa. For fraud. <gasps> fraud. It, it was just how the fraud thing worked. It's a bug is my assumption. <laughs> it's my assumption that that's how they had things set up. It's because they don't have a cart, so you can't just add stuff to the cart. When you buy a game, you have to buy each game individually. Okay. You can't build a cart because they don't have a cart system. Or they didn't at the time. I haven't logged back in in a while. So. Mm. It's like two steps forward, one step back with them. Yeah, they're they're having they're having a couple issues. Uh, one thing that's not in these notes because I literally saw it, the news post of it while we were talking was um, the Minecraft story mode, which was a Telltale right uh, Minecraft game. Uh, is being completely removed from all stores this week. Oh. So even if you already own it, you can't download it back. It's yeah. going to be gone. Because the last two places it was was GOG and Microsoft Store, and it's going away uh, from from both of those stores. So it's it's already been gone from, like, uh, Steam and stuff. And our other news item that I'm going to hit is a little surprising coming out ahead of E3 like this, except for the fact that it is a PS4 exclusive. And no like, Sony. Yeah, no Sony at E3 this year. Uh, like we talked, that was announced back in December? Yeah, quite a months ago. It yeah, was quite a while like ago. So, which is really going to be interesting because Sony's typically been one of the big tent poles of E3. So it's going to be really interesting to see how E3 shakes out this year with just Microsoft and Ubisoft. Yeah, EA will do their thing EA again. Will do their thing, yeah. which isn't actually there, but they always base it like nearby. I mean, and I think normally Nintendo has their little showcase they put up that's just stuff. Their treehouse. Yeah, their treehouse and some other independent things. But we'll see how it goes. We'll have all that news as always. But... Hido Kojima's finally released a full trailer and a release date mm. for Death Stranding. Yes. One of the worst titles I've ever heard. Oh, it's so bad. It the people are whatever. so excited for it. I'm, I, I, I'm going to be... Hido Kojima could relieve himself on bread and people would be excited for it. Okay. I mean, that's just, he walks on water, mm -hmm. apparently. Okay. So you're sounding like you maybe don't don't eat said bread. You're right. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. I'm not saying that. I don't have a problem. He's got, he makes good games. I just, it runs into a level of uh, developer worship mm. that kind of bothers me because it literally gets to the point where it's like, well, they can do no wrong. 
And based on this trailer, I would have to say that this could be one of those things. I mean, don't get me wrong. We'll have a link to the trailer. I've got, I've, I've got a copy uh, of it that will link to it. Okay. But it is full on like somebody went, hey, so what is this going to be? It's going to be third person. It's going to be RPG. It's going to be, you know, whatever. And he just said yes. Mm. And every time they brought an idea, he just said yes, because it seems to be a little of everything. And the storyline both makes more and less sense now that this new trailer... And this has been, when it was shown, I mean, all we knew before this is that Mads Mikkelsen was in it, and Norman Reedus was in it, and there was a baby. Yes. And, like, a super creepy baby. And weird, invisible, killer death things. And the new trailer shows a bunch of gameplay and some creepy babies and just makes things weirder. Mm. Like a lot weirder. So will this be a day one for you? No. Oh. No. Oh. I'm so far behind on games as is. Uh, I guess because... Obviously, there's not, there's so little in the way of entities at E3 this year, more so than in other recent years. Do you have any predictions about what happens at E3? I think it's going to be the worst E3 in years, if not ever. Well, that's interesting. Uh, do you think that the nature of the announcements that happen at E3 will just be that bad? No, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be that they're that bad. I think I think Microsoft wins already before it well, happens. I mean, it would be difficult. I can't remember the last time a third party publisher was considered a winner of E3. So, right. So given that that's all that's left, out, and Microsoft will be the only hardware provider there, uh, that's a... and Though people will count Nintendo, if they do their, their house and they have something, their little... in their treehouse. Though I don't know... I mean, they've just recently had one of those Nintendo yeah, Directs. Just I just don't... I don't so. know. Here's where, here's where I'll go on predictions. I don't mean on the nature of E3 and its survival, which I think is probably in trouble. Uh, unless they start making some serious changes, and that's up to them. I think Microsoft will announce the next-gen console. I don't know that they'll announce a sale date, but I think that they'll start revealing specs. Most of the specs have leaked. Right. Same with the PS5. Specs are highly similar from everything I last read, which was a while ago. Yeah, they're almost identical. But like Like same chipsets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... I think Microsoft, given that they have, they're, they're, they have the stage. They're investing a lot of effort into E3. And most of those software studios they acquired over the last year, they're not going to be ready with any games. No. So what else is there to show? Well, and, and all the, I mean, the reality is, is all those studios they've acquired are, their whole reason for happening is to have, Launch games. Yes. For Xbox, QRZ, Diablo 43, or whatever the crud they name it. Mm-hmm. 
because yeah. their naming scheme is just the worst know. naming scheme of all time. Maybe it'll be the Xbox Two, even <laughs> though it'll be the fourth one. I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, so I think they'll talk console. Uh, it would be interesting. This was suggest. This is not my idea, but someone had suggested this that Microsoft might not only reveal the specs, but reveal a release date, and that release date be February 2020. They've, that seems early. It does, but Nintendo did it with great success to do a spring release on the Switch. Xbox, Microsoft has always done Xbox releases in the fall, just before the holiday season, right. usually in early November, <clears throat> which is when Sony likes to release as well. The reason would be to get the next gen, especially if the specs are the same, to get their next gen console a half year head start over Sony to try and better position themselves against them. But But do you think it'll be ready with games ready? I don't, I I mean, I don't know. How many games do you have to launch with your, I mean, Switch launched with not very many games. Xbox One launched, I think, with 10 or 15. But, you know, most of those weren't great games. Right. Which again, now here's another theory. When, and I, I, I do believe this, regardless of when the release date is, they're going to go Xbox, original Xbox style. When they drop the new Xbox, Halo drops with it. Day one. It'll be a day one game. I think that would make sense. And for them. they've never done it since the beginning, but I think it's time. It's been long enough for Halo to be ready. So I think that they're going to, I, in fact, they may have put back Halo a year because I think they were surprised at the reaction to Halo five where it wasn't very much Master Chief and now it's going to be very Master Chief centric again. So I think there'll be that. Um, let's see. I mean, everything's about pretty much just Microsoft stuff. Uh, I think it's plausible because there has been a decent amount of time that if the rumors are true and Playground, which is known for the Forza Horizon games, has their second development team, which has been working a while, on Fable, they may finally publicly unveil that there will be a new Fable. It will probably be for the new console. I would but, assume. But I could see them maybe doing a teaser for it. Yeah. Something then, better than the better than, than Bethesda's Elder Scrolls teaser from last year. Which yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, we completely did. I mean, Bethesda, I think, is still supposed to be there. I don't know. I don't know what's going they, on. They 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 bomb they bomb so bad lately. They were yeah they well they have you know when they don't have a big huge game, I think they struggle with what to do with that much as much time as they took. Other than that, though, I think Microsoft will spend some time on the uh, Gears of War game because they teased that last year. They should actually have some gameplay, sub, sub substantive stuff to show at this point. Um, Here's the here's the list, so we can see if there's anybody we missed. Uh, the big publisher shows uh, started out. It's going to start out again. Bethesda, okay. Um, then Microsoft, both on Sunday the ninth. Uh, it's going to be followed by the Upload VR show. Okay, I'll probably not watch that. Quite frankly, yeah. Then the PC gaming show, which if I watch, I'll watch it at four times speed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because well, the PC gaming show normally I will have, don't have a lot of reveals. It doesn't have a lot of reveals. It'll have it might it'll have a couple interesting little snippets. There were snippets from last year's that I actually own some of now. But it, 
it's never a big, th- it's just never a big thing. And then on Monday, Ubisoft and Square. I don't know. I maybe Square will. My maybe they'll talk a little bit about Final Fantasy VII. Oh, now that's an interesting thing. Apparently, a store made a boo boo and put in their shop in the shop showing that that's coming out on Xbox One. And really, and the ads have only shown PS4. Yes. So the theory is that it's a timed exclusive, which would make sense. Sure, but. My They've had thought, true exclusivity. It's because it's because of it's Square. My guess is that the first thing Square is going to do when they walk up there is they're going to close half the studios working for them and lay all the people off. Mm. And then they'll announce uh, a couple Final Fantasy games that'll come out in 2030 or 2040. And then I don't know. They'll probably take a steaming dump on the stage. Hmm. Because that seems to be where Square is. Anyway. I don't know. I, I really don't understand anything that Square does on development. And yeah, somehow it's, they still seem to just they have, money. They, they do. Maybe it's on the mobile side. And then on Tuesdays, Nintendo. Okay. So, Nintendo could win it if they've got something. I just don't. If they have something. Metroid is about the only thing, I think, at this point that would really whip people up into a frenzy. True Nintendo fanboys have been longing for more on that Metroid game. Right. I mean, because EA will be there. They are doing their thing. It's just not going to be at... (sighs) Well, half of that's FIFA and Madden, so whatever. Yeah. EA is skipping the typical concerts and just hosting a bunch of streams the day before E3, or on the Saturday before E3 starts. So, it looks like Madden and FIFA and Apex Legends, and they're supposed to have a big look at the new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order gameplay. Okay, that's good. So. Uh, yeah, and I think some other games that we know about uh, will probably get more. That, that cyberpunk game coming from the the Witcher team. Right. From, I bet we'll see a lot Project more on that. Red. Yeah, Project Red. I think we'll see substantive more, more on that I would because that's so. highly anticipated. Um. I don't know, like I said, Bethesda, I don't know, Doom Eternal and Pro- uh, Doom, I don't know what else they'll do besides I, Doom, Doom Eternal. Eternal. That'll probably, that'll probably be their cornerstone. I, I, yeah, I don't know what else. I mean, but they've done pretty good about having stuff that nobody knew was coming and announcing it. Sure. So, but Doom Eternal is the only thing I can think of that's coming from them. Um we might see stuff. I mean, Call of Duty is often on the on the Sony stage. They might make a deal with Microsoft to come out and show the rebooted uh, Modern Warfare stuff. Gears of War. They made that announcement of the Gears of War's announcement last year at E3. Microsoft did, and it hasn't come out yet, has it? Yeah, and that's I did. I named that one earlier. Okay. Uh, that I think we'll see gameplay footage. Oh yeah. They had announced Gears of War. Gears of War Tactical game for PC. And, the little cute and then yeah, that, that everyone hated Gears Pops. Yeah. Gears Pop, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think main I think mainline Gears comes out this year. I don't think they're holding that for the new console. I think that's their big fall game. Probably. That on would the make, Microsoft that would, side. That would make sense. I'm hoping to see gameplay footage not for myself, but uh out of Nintendo for something like Animal Crossing and the new Pokemon. That would make sense. Uh it, I it, think especially Animal Crossing. I think that would be their their best avenue for a big win. Mm-hmm. So, otherwise, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll cover it, uh, but I don't think it'll be as long as some of our other E3 episodes have been. I don't see how been. it's going to be, because most of our things have ended up being talking about Sony stuff. Yeah. Well, because they're, they've been the lead. They yeah. are the lead, but when they're not there to talk about any games, and my 
my understanding from what sourcing I've listened to is that it's not expected to be a really strong exclusive release year. They've got a lot of exclusives in the works, but we saw a lot of them last year and they weren't remotely ready to come out. I mean, Death Stranding's like the big one. And right. As you mentioned, that's in the eighth, that's November 8th. So, oh well. Okay. Here's, here, here, here's a, I'm on, I'm, I'm looking news up. Here are the confirmed games that are going to be talking about. The people said they, they've confirmed they'll talk about. Okay. Cyberpunk 2077. Of course. Doom Eternal, Dying Light 2, oh, Halo yeah. Infinite, and FF7. Okay. Okay. We, do, we don't know what they're going to be, but they're... We, we didn't mention... We didn't mention Dying Light 2. That's the one we Because didn't we didn't care. Exactly. Exactly. Everything else is the stuff we figured would be. Okay. So. Well... We've reached the end of the show then. Yeah. So we'll be back in two weeks to talk about E3. And uh, whatever pinball stuff comes up. Yeah, which might not be a lot of news. So that's fine. Yeah. We'll have more room for video games. Uh, reminder, uh, we'll have our poll and you can always reach out and to us on facebook.com. That's at slash eclectic gamers podcast. You can also email the show eclectic gamers podcast at gmail.com. We're available on Instagram and Twitter as eclectic underscore gamers. It's also the same on the Twitch. And we'll be back in the two weeks. I'm Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye, everybody.